Welcome to Regarding, Regarding, Regarding. Regarding, Regarding. Regarding, Regarding, Regarding. Regarding the podcast where Brad and Adam regard 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 the Mike Nichols and J.J. Abrams film regarding Henry. It can't be any worse than episode six, can it? Well, I guess we're going to find out. I guess we're going to fucking find out, aren't we? Truer words were never spoken. Yes. Yes. I'm still in grieving, so I, I just have a tab open here, like 12 stav- stages of grief. Here is the grief model we call, oh, it's not 12. That's a Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Uh, grief model is seven stages of grief. Shock and denial. I didn't really have any of that, you know? I don't think so. Pain and guilt. Yeah, definitely some pain and guilt for sure. Anger and bargaining. No, not too much. Like 1% of bargaining. No anger. Depression, reflection, loneliness. Hell yeah. Uh, The upward turn. What's weird is, and I think, like, I don't know too much about this, but I think the upward turn can come first sometimes. Like before the death, Mm. you know? Uh, That's the thing about these stages of grief. They're not locked into a certain order. You know, everybody experiences them in different ways. The upward turn yes. came first. It's like, we are doing the good thing here. Uh, reconstruction and working through, I think that's what we're doing now. Acceptance and hope. And I think those two things are happening simultaneously. It's a big hole in the home, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I've gone uh, through that a couple times I recently, so I can... I can I can relate to the the loss of a loved pet. Not just a loved pet, but like a big presence. Sometimes emotionally, sometimes physically. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like there's something to be said for a creature that not only occupies emotional space in your life sphere but like physical space in your life sphere and like impacting different spheres, you know? No? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm trying to relate here, dude. We're trying to sympathize. (laughs) All right, Jules, I can see he doesn't want any of our help. All right, we're gonna go get ourselves a lane, dude. I was just joking. I'm back. Yeah, I I'm just not sure what to say. I guess what big man uh, goes down. Rare, that's a rare bigger times. hole. What's yeah, that? You don't, you don't. Well, big man goes down. There's a big hole. You know, small man goes down. Smaller hole. 
Okay. What I'm saying is, Jay Cat Food's smaller hole, but when Wilson goes down, yes. that's going to be a big hole. And you recently yeah. had a big hole left in your household. I'm trying to relate yes. here, dude. Right. No, I get it. Yes, holes like, of different a big sizes. presence emotionally and a big presence physically. Like he took up more space. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's a big thing. Like Jay Cat Food. He was kind of like on his own back in the corners most of the time, you know? So, like, that doesn't impact your, like, every moment of every day when you're in the home as much. But a large, beautiful man in the form of a dog or even a cat, like, that, like, necessarily impacts more of your day-to-day living. So, is this a... Yes, so your 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 large dog is still with you, correct? Yes, unfortunately. Okay, I was starting to get a little confused. No, no, and I was I afraid want him I'd miss something. No, no, he's still here. Unfortunately, he's blind. He's got the cataract. He's got the Cadillacs in his eyes, and uh, you know he pisses every second or third night. Four foot. Oh, only by six every foot. second or third night. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he walks around and pisses as he's going. It's just we wake up and it's like the entire living room is like we've had a sunken pool installed into our home. Right. But it's just it's really like salty, you know, kind of like you're on a cruise ship. Like the salt air is kind of like beating against your face. Which could be good, except that it came out of his penis, you know, and then that makes it not good. Well, it's a very different type of salty. Like I've it's a experienced. Of, yeah, yeah. It's like you people pay good money to like soak in a nice salty fluid, you know? Well, like this we could, could be charge. a new We could charge. I was going to say, this. maybe you could. I'm thinking This could about be the it. goose that laid the golden egg. Really, if what there's some clever marketing. The goose that laid the golden shower. You're right. That's what I should do. Golden shower, just like Paul said. Right. Know? Right. Golden showers fill your living room. room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it, it's been in front of me the whole time. Thank you, Brad. I'm writing it down. Here we go. All right, golden showers. So anyway, I don't know what phase of grief this is, like, Cat food didn't occupy that big of a physical space, but we had had him for 11 and a half years. But that's almost exactly how old he was. So, you know, that's not real old for a cat. You know, 11 years, 11 and a half years. Right. No, it's not. So that was, it was kind of upsetting. And then, like, the last cat that I really enjoyed, and he was my little buddy, was Roberto. Fort Howard Roberto and he died when he was 10 and we had a party here and people were over we had a bonfire out back I came in to like get more appetizers or more beers or something and like I don't know I just do walkthroughs of the house you know do you do this do you do walkthroughs sometimes Mm, just to check things sure just to check them out like okay we gotta make sure everything's okay there's not like you know, a heater is falling over or like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Windows yeah. Windows are no, just, you got to walk around. Like, yeah, do no, a little. I, I do a walk through like every, 
evening before bed. Sure. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. And it's like I never do a, a walkthrough like in the middle of the day or just at home. I'm like, you know, I need to check things out. No, no, not in the middle of the day. But this is like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. We're getting towards the end. And it's like, I kind of want to like, you know, it's the middle of the summer and it's dark out. So, like, I'm just walking around and checking shit. Like, it's, things are starting to wind down. You know, only the hardcore people are left. So I'm just I'm just doing a little walkthrough, and then there's Robert Owen. He's dead. Well, I don't know he's dead. He's just, like, flopped out in one of the bedrooms where the guests were staying. And uh, I almost didn't see him. I almost stepped on him. Because all uh, – right. Also, I was, do, like, checking the alarm clocks. We had guests, so I'm checking the alarm clock, making sure the time is right, you know, because I want them to have right. their – you know, doing all the things, just being a good host. And then it's like, oh, fuck, there's Roberto, like, laid out on the... I just thought he was sleeping. I stepped over him to adjust the clock, and he didn't move. Like, he's a little jittery fella. You know, he's a small tabby. Didn't move at all. Just and as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, fuck. And, uh, yeah, I just picked him up. He was just totally limp, and then he, he was just dead. Yeah, that's... Just like walking in, just he's dead now. And I'm not sure what's better, like, because I've had to stay with cats mm-hmm. that I n- know are going to die and, like, just lay next to them all night as they go through their various death phases. Right. And it's so fucking exhausting, but you feel bad. You want to make them as comfortable as possible to you know, do the thing that they're doing. It's so awful. And, but cat food was somewhere in the middle. Like he didn't just go out of the blue, but I didn't have to watch him die. Like we took him to the vet and had him go peacefully into the nether regions, uh, which is, you know, not awesome, but I think it's the most dignified way to go. And it's kind of a shame that you can't do that to human beings. Like yes. we just we just force human beings to like hang on as long as possible. It's only when they get to the worst possible phases of their life where it's like, okay, yank the food tube and the breathing tube out. Now let them like uh, have a really shitty time in the last like whatever ten minutes to forty eight hours. Probably not forty eight hours, but you know. Like, just well, let us go with some dignity, man, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think. I'm sorry. I'm laying well, a lot of shit there, on there's you. There's the fact that a lot <laughs> I can of tell doctors, that you're a little put well, off by this, but. Well, I'm, I'm grieving, all right? I'm grieving, God damn it. appropriately respectful, right? You don't but need to be respectful. Please don't. It's better if you're the, not. The, uh. But, you know, like a lot of the doctors have, um, you know, like they have the whole like don't resuscitate order and everything on them. Like, you know, because they see what happens, like someone gets into a bad shape or they have, you know, horrible, some sort of horrible, you know, stroke or other kind of event. And then like, yes, we can keep them alive for years afterwards even but like in what kind of quality right and in how much pain 
And so I think it's an interesting, if you know, uh, just commentary that a lot of doctors, like they'll even like have it tattooed on their chest because they're like so afraid of something happening where they're like kept alive. Did you just say doctors have some sort of instructions tattooed on their chest? Yes, no code. Which now I feel like I need to look up what that means. Um, exactly. Because I feel like... Yeah, do not resuscitate, also known as no code, or allow natural death. Why would they tattoo it on their chests? Because, let's say they're somewhere... And something happens, like like no one knows who they are. They fall down a side of a mountain on vacation, and they're rushed to the hospital. It's like I'm, there I'm it is. I'm assuming it. No I'm code. imagining it. Go ahead. Yeah, and so they get to the hospital, and it's like no one knows who they are or what the, if they have a DNR or whatever. It's right there. I mean, I guess you could get a, like a medical alert bracelet with it on. So what language is it tattooed in? That's Medi- a good point. The, the language of medicine? Like, I'm going to say like that maybe, math, maybe, you know? It should be well, math. maybe. I don't know. Maybe no, like, you know, uh, English is kind of the... the That's a lot the, of hubris, the modern day, The modern day French. It's the language of... That's very... Of science. Hubritic. Um, it should be math somehow. Well, like, I'll say it's it's not or exactly emoji. Maybe English because it says language. no code. It should be emojis at this point. You know, like the death, the death one, the skeleton. What is that? The like the skull? Just tattoo that on there. That's as fleeting, though, isn't it? Well, I don't think so, but it might not be as maybe legally binding or something. What as no code? Yeah, I don't know. Not that that would be legally binding, but I guess. What about either. like the Chevy Nova, you know, and they sell that in Mexico and it's like the Chevy doesn't go. You know, it's like no code. That could mean some sort of crazy shit in like Papua New Guinea. I guess yeah, I guess that's true. So I guess when they leave English speaking countries, it's just a It's a free for all. It's a they 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 may end up being resuscitated. But the point of it is that they want to just die. Yes. They do not want CPR <laughs> or intubation. I mean... Or advanced cardiac life support. Don't you and I have intubation? Almost. Like, we're on the threshold of intubation. Uh, yeah, I can see what you're getting there. I don't know. I mean, I oh, think if you had oh, actual you know. intubation, you would not be saying that though I didn't say it was intubation I said we're on the threshold of intubation right well yeah but being on the threshold and actually being in intubation is is pretty fucking far apart I think well I agree with you but I also agree with you that being on the threshold of intubation and not having any sort of intubation tendencies is also very fucking far apart. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, Bobby, baby, maybe. All right, Jock. So do we want to talk, to tell the listener what we're even talking about here, or just let them imagine? Well, what are we talking about? 
Uh, the threshold of intubation. Are we talking about golden showers, death scenarios, doctors with instructions on their chests? What are we talking about? Well, as well as as well as intubation thresholds. CPAPs, fine, fine. But I don't care. We, I don't care. Pressure. I don't care. You can talk about it. I don't care. I don't think it's. I'm, particularly just, I was, I'm just advocating for the listener. Fine. I mean, what is this shit about anymore? You know. Might as well talk about that. Sure. <laughs> well, it's supposed we, we, to be about regarding, 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 regarding Henry. Well, if we go, but back we haven't to even gotten base, into that yet. If we go, well, well, maybe this is a good segue though, because okay, when so there's a couple different levels here. So if we're going to regard regarding Henry. Well, Which I don't want to regard regarding regarding okay. Henry, but doing it does time. it? I mean, Henry, <laughs> he 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 got code. He was not a no code. He yeah. got intubation. I think he had to have, right? Yeah, I think so. There might even be a shot of him. Maybe not with a tube in there. Good question. But it was the like shoulder shot that was more damaging than the headshot which was always crazy to me nice twist by the way yeah well that's you know that that just seems to me like a taken right out of life though well partly the reason is because you get that headshot there's nothing they can do for you anyway right just okay let's hope if you get yeah if you get a if you get a headshot and like it's kind of like well we'll see what happens it's not like they're gonna be like well Here's some therapy to help regrow parts of the right. brain or something. Right. Like it's just not going to happen. It's like that. I imagine world's weirdest injuries, whatever, where the crowbar is through the head. You know, you've seen like the four foot yeah. crowbar. You know that, right? Well, there was the guy. Yeah, there was a famous guy that got a thing through his head. Yeah, but it's like he's fine. It's like just don't fuck with it. He's fine. Didn't go through anything important. You know, just his head. Right. But like well, I think if you it did kind of fuck him up a little bit. Well, yeah, of course. You have a crowbar in your like head. It it's gonna him, fuck. Like it made you could have like a crowbar a, through your foot. It's gonna fuck you up a little bit. So yeah, it fucked him up a little bit. But I, what I'm saying is like a bullet, like that, sort of like severs a little artery right next to your heart in your chest. Doesn't look mm-hmm. like a big deal. That fucks you up more than, possibly more than like a crowbar yeah. through your head. Even though the head seems like the most important thing, because that's where you keep all well, your shit, you know? It's where you keep all your shit, but you still need the basics running, right? Sure. You still need, sure. you, you still need, the, need the, the, uh, the, the furnace going, so to speak. Yeah, but like that's where all your data is. That's where your wills, your passports, your driver's license, all of that shit. That's where all of that shit is. All your family photos. You know, you can't lose if you lose all of that and like how to drive a car like you're fucked. Just give up. You know, you can have like the furnace running, the the water's on, the electricity, you got lights, but there's no humans in the house. Right. Well, then it's not a home anymore. It's just a house. The water's running, but no one's home. The water's running, but no one's home. It's what the your mind said. is not your own 
Who's this, so, Brad? We we did. I'm going to try to segue here because we are talking medical Good stuff. Good luck. And we have been talking medical stuff for a well, long it's been time. A, yes, that's true. Great sports injuries, for example. Muscle. Yeah, good old muscle. But, uh, you know, we did get a piece of uh, listener feedback. I am so glad you're going into this. I'm shimmying up to my desk. All right. Yeah, we did get because we were talking about we were trying to figure out the protocol of the bone sticking out. Right. And like what kind of the dangers are there or what you're even supposed to do. I think my stupidity was showing kind of like a bone showing out of an ankle or a calf, mid-calf area. I mean, who hasn't had a metaphorical bone sticking out of their calf, if not a literal one? Yeah, I think we all have multiple bones sticking out of our metaphorical calves at any given time. And the point of life is like trying to shove them back into the meat without damaging. Well, I don't want to. I shouldn't spoil it. Right. I'll let you so handle here. this one. All right. So we, we, we heard from friend of Gutterballs, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for listening. Oh, thank you so Kelly, much. Thank you more than listening, but like going above and beyond. Yeah. You've always been there to kind of chime in to shed some light on some of our most serious quandaries. And, to and I really appreciate track. that. I, me too. Yes. Yes. So Kelly writes, dudes, I heard your question about shoving the bone back into an open fracture and decided to ask my sister, who is an ER nurse, to see what the preferred protocol is. And just, hey, just to remind people in case they didn't listen to that episode, that was about a basketball player in the NCAA finals might have been final four elite eight. I'm not sure exactly, but he jumped up landed and like had a spiral fracture. Like it wasn't anything crazy. It's not like some of these football injuries that we've been talking about, but he landed and like half of his leg from mid calf down, was just dangling with the bones sticking out like six, seven inches just out there all glistening and wet. So Uh. it's like, what do you do yeah. with that then? So anyway, sorry. Yes. So here's what Kelly's sister, the ER nurse said, wrap it or leave it exposed. They'll treat it when you get to the ER. Don't try to shove the bone back in. You can damage nerves, the muscle, or even sever vessels if you fuck with it. I think that's the technical medical term. That's the preferred nomenclature. Yes. Uh, which seems I I like... I sorry. I was just going to say, I'll point out muscle is M-U-S-C-L-E, not M-U-S-S-E-L, as in our little anatomical friend from last week. Different muscle. Yes. You know, her You're advice, not going to hurt him. No, you can't hurt him. He's non-articulated. But her advice seems sort of like fundamentally obvious once she said it you know right right don't fuck with it (laughs) there's blood vessels in there you know there's tendons and shit don't try to go yeah like pull it away and that's what i was thinking it's kind of like 
Gerbil Tales or which is not a Disney show. Uh yeah, it's like kind of like when the truth is confronted to you, sometimes the epic badness is revealed to you in a blinding flash of your own yeah. thoughts. Well, it's like it's like well, you had bad ideas. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were going from the point of view that maybe a you know, like this bone and this sticking out is going to be damaged somehow. Like it needs the life support system of your body. Right. And you have the blood and the little cells that can like help it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But obviously that seems stupid now. Don't fuck with it. Your job as like a like sports medical professional is to just like, well, here's my secondary question actually is like, just wrap it or leave it alone. But what do you mean wrap it? First of all, it's a pronoun. What? Wrap the bone? Wrap them both together? Just probably kind of maybe. Well, you understand what I'm saying. Like, what do you wrap? Yeah. What do you wrap it with? Well, I guess you might have. Again, I think it maybe if what it's like one again? of these Don't issues. Don't say again. Not like, again. Well, I th- for the first time. Well, okay, for the first time, I think you can have bones. Fine, like a, a large amount of bone that's at a 90-degree angle. But the right? bone probably isn't at a 90-degree angle. I'm talking about... wrap that. Right. Well, If it's just know. like, oh, well, there's a little bone poking out. It's a massive wound, let's say, in your forearm, and there's a little bit of bone showing or something. It's like, all right, maybe wrap that up. Kind we're of stem not, the loss of blood. Kind I don't. Of. I don't think we're imagining the same sort of thing. I think we have a different idea of what went on there that day, that evening. Well, if we're talking about this specific person's injury, we are, and we're not talking injury for that person. I don't think there's any wrapping involved. So, <laughs> what is involved? Just leave it alone. But I mean, I don't know what they do in the ER, You have to move right? the person from he's laying on the basketball court. Right. And now he's a, he's a human being. He weighs 180 to 200 pounds. He might weigh less. Basketball players are life. Yeah. You're gonna now need- you have to move this person, and you got some dangling going on. Well, you're going to move him onto a gurney. Yes. Okay. Yes. How and- do you get him from the floor? And first of all, where's his, like, foot-ankle area in relation to, like, the upper leg area? Because here's where I will take issue with Kelly's sister. sister. Thank you, Kelly. But, like, that's an ER doctor. So that is happening, what, half an hour after what we're seeing here on the court? What I was more interested in is, like, what the fuck happens on the court here? Like, the sports medicine doctors who are wearing, like, suits and ties, and they look like assistant coaches. It's like, holy shit, this man's leg broke in half. Holy fuck. I actually have to imagine if you had to be on, like, Red alert, DEFCON 5 or 1, whatever is the bad one. And you had to go into, like, 
emergency mode to like you had to put your name tag on and put your like fluorescent vest on and like say okay everyone come with me you know holy fuck this man's leg is in two pieces what do you do right then there's probably probably it's not good enough no for me way i want to do know. well i can't answer anything i imagine it's like imagine if you like Dropped a bunch of spaghetti onto the kitchen floor. I did that this floor. evening. I did that literally four hours ago. Now I imagine, had to throw it all away. That means we kill this man. It's like I'm sorry you had a good run, and then you suffocate right. him and you throw him in the incinerator. Right. And I'm not thinking like a whole pot of spaghetti. I'm thinking like I a only handful, did a hat. Yeah, a that's exactly. Yes, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. So I'm so I imagine trying third to of like, a box. You you put the well a third of a box isn't a forkful. I'm imagining like a twentieth of a box max. Well, I guess I misjudged the size of your fork. Uh, well, I have been u- known to use comically large forks, so I understand that. Right. But imagine trying to like scoop up the spaghetti. And place it onto a plate that you've placed on the floor next to it, but without really disturbing the spaghetti. That's my whole fucking point. You know what I mean? Like yes, that's, that's my just, whole point. You just do your best. <laughs> you get as close as you can. That's my whole fucking point. Like, there is no protocol. There's no good way to do it. It's like, okay, here's a here's some, like, spaghetti all over the floor. Just try not, just keep it in the same pattern it is, but put it up onto this gurney in a way that they can transport it to the hospital in the same shape. And you're like, okay, (laughs) not going to happen, which is where the like, put it to the side thing comes in, I think, you know? Like, this leg is just bent completely to the side. It's just like, well, we're going to keep it that way. Yes. Which makes sense. Yeah. It's like, here is the shape of it. It's almost like they're going to pour some plaster over it and just harden it, transport the man to the hospital, (laughs) and then when they're ready to do some surgery, they just chip it away. At least it's not changing shape, you know? It's like so yeah. fucking terrible. I mean, I think you- after you've had that level of trauma, it's kind of like fuck it, like just put it generally in the leg in shape. Yeah, not shove just it in shove there. Shove it in there. I don't think shove it in there. Put it in the leg shape, and then just leave it. Like bring the little bed, the little what do you call that? The little portable bed <laughs> that you go on. The gurney. It's not a gurney though. It's like a they stretcher. Yeah, stretcher. I guess. Is there a difference between? Well, a I think stretcher a, and a, a gurney? gurney you can lift up and it has wheels, and I think a stretcher oh, okay. has yeah, no wheels. Right. I think. A I stretcher mean. is just like a well, a stretcher just one of those things you call you like carry. It's a cot that you have to carry. It has no wheels yeah. or supports underneath. Right. Okay. Got it. I think, but I'm just making that shit up. But it's like, okay, put it in the vague, like, leg shape, even though we know that the bone is sticking out, which you have to, like, account for. You can't, like, 
shove the bottom half of the leg against the bone. So I think that's where Kelly's contact was saying, like, you know, sometimes you put it against it. Not against it, but next, just lay them there. Try not to move them. Get to the hospital. It's like you. I think you would need a gurney for the majority of the man, and then a little gurney you can configure for the limb. But I think that's too question. complicated. Like I agree with you in theory. In a perfect right. world, yes, you'd have all these complicated gurneys and wheels and little stilts with other wheels and pulleys. But it's not going to happen. Like you just have like a little bed that you carry. And you have to, like, put the man, the man with his broken leg. And when I say broken leg, I mean broken in half with dangling. And that has to accommodate that man. It has to accommodate the man with the broken forearm, the man with the broken upper arm, the man with the broken shoulder. You know what I mean? The man with the possibly broken neck. So, like, I'm going to say putting it next to the bone is probably the best thing which leaves the wrapping what are they wrapping it in it's not paper towels right no well i think you would wrap it i'm thinking do you wrap them together so they don't get further apart and r- like rip no. muscles and tendons i don't again i think i don't think it's it's like that i think it's more of a more basic injury right like i don't i don't read this email as talking only about the this this basketball fellow what do you mean a more basic injury like like isn't it a very particular injury <laughs> to have a bone sticking out of a piece of meat well a bone could stick out like a tiny bit a lot it could stick out at like I'm- a 90 degree angle a 45 degree angle how many times angle. have you had a bone sticking out of your meat? Never? Yeah, me either. So that seems like a very specific sort of injury when the bone is sticking out. That's what I'm but talking about. But there's all levels of degree, though. Yes, but it's a degree. Like, I've had injuries. You've had injuries. You talked about your you know, slipping in the thing, your right. knee, not, you know, we all have injuries. This is a very specific sort of injury where the bone is sticking out. Bone should never be exterior, <laughs> you know? They're inherently interior. This is the sort of injury I'm talking about, where bones are all of a sudden exterior. What do you do? What do you wrap it with? I'm racking my brain trying to remember my first aid training. I mean, yeah. I know, like, you might have to make a tourniquet in some cases. And no, no, you would wrap an not injury also. Not for a bone. Not for a bone. Well, I think you might. Only sometimes. But the bone is not the mitigating factor there. Right. If you need a tourniquet, it's a major artery or blood vessel. Right. Well, right. Well, actually, no, no, no. a major artery, not a blood vessel. Arteries. you got to cut that artery off. And then it can right. work the blood back through everything else. Right, right. I mean... It's just basic biology, man. Yeah. I mean, in... So, we did practice wrapping wounds in my first aid training. Using, like, that that wrap. 
that you normally get. I don't know. Gauze or I don't know what vet wrap, whatever that is. Maybe I'm not sure what that is. I hear well, people I think it's mention gauze, that. like the yeah. light brown shit. Yeah, but there's like yeah. different ways. Like you know, you can wrap things to make them immobile. Right, right. right. So I think in the case of is you know again, if there's a really severe injury where something is just dangling by the smallest thread. Ugh. It might like it may not make a difference or may not work or may not be possible because it's just dangling and bones are sticking out every which way. But if it's just like a, yeah, this is like broken, the skin is punctured. Maybe there is like again like a bone, like a sliver of a bone, right? Like you kind of want to immobilize that, so. You know, if it's an arm, you can, like, wrap that against the body to immobilize it. If it's a leg, you can, like, wrap it to the other leg, I think, to immobilize it. I mean, I get what you're saying. But if we want to revisit that poor man and his spiral fracture, where, like, seven inches of his bone is sticking right. straight out of the center of his like like upper calf meat and yes. then the bottom seven well, to twelve inches of his calf meat is yeah. dangling there's in a different area with there, like no, some there's muscles. There's no wrapping happening there. Well what do you mean uh, there's, there's no, no wrapping. wrapping? I think there might be wrapping like okay we put it next to it and then we put some like moist I don't know what. You know what? I don't know what. Just around it. Like, you're talking about some, like, more adorable sort of, like, bones sticking out of meat? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, well, what do you wrap around the more adorable bones sticking out of meat? Just like this gauze stuff. Or you can make do with any kind of fabric. I know what gauze is. If your point is to immobilize it. Well, you can immobilize it. But it's not immobilizing it if it's dangling. Well, it's not going to be dangling anymore if you've immobilized it. You've, you've attached it. There's something else supporting it now other than just the little dangler. Right? Like Yeah, you've, it's, you've, it's the bed. It's the the, tact, the tactical bed, which is not ta- a hearse. <laughs> the tactical bed. Well, it's a tactical bed, right? You know, maybe it does have wheels is what I'm saying. But maybe it's like... The wheels are so far into the base, like, it can just sit almost flat on the ground. This is what they do for football players. It's like, oh, shit, boom, right to his head. Now he's immobile on the ground, can't move. And, like, everybody gets away, and they come out there, and they they bring the tactical bed out. It's like, okay, they put the immobilization collar on the neck. They say, don't move, and they strap his arms to his torso, and they strap his legs together they imprison him okay and then it's like you know and then they put him on the tactical bed and then the tactical bed goes up uh and then sometimes a tactical bed has wheels that come out but not usually but it has the option for that and then they put the tactical bed on the little tactical golf cart and then they wheel him off but they have to be very careful because like basically football American football shouldn't exist and I shouldn't watch it and it's terrible because it damages people 
horribly. But anyway, tactical bed, which doesn't work when things are dangling, you know? Because you have to choose. You have to make a decision. Maybe you just gotta, you know, do the best you can. You just kind of drag that dangler behind the guy. Well, you don't get him in the tactical bed and just let it drag behind him. I don't think you drag it. You have to make a decision. Because if you're dragging, dragging it, it's like dragging it by muscles, tendons, ligaments. You know, if there's a clean break. I guess my thing with the like wanting to keep the marrow moist is when you look at a bone that's like a bird wanting to fly away out of its meat nest it's so glisteny you know you can tell it's moist and you're like ah shit it can't be that way forever but i want to keep it moist that seems like that should be its natural habitat moistness yeah well i can it can it can it can it can survive a small jaunt through the uh, dryness Half an hour. Jaunt, 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 jaunt. Ziggy, jaunt. Jaunt, jaunt, I'd say jaunt. 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 We were talking about Ziggy a lot the other day. Were we? Yeah. I'm grieving. I have no idea. Well, we were. Trust me. What are we talking about? We were talking about... I think that's this what was we're talking about episode. in this episode, so... We're talking about Ziggy in this episode? No, we're talking about the last episode in this episode. Right. Well, this was in um, episode 147, Buy the Ticket, Take the Ride. Well, that was we talked a long about, time ago. We, we talked about Ziggy. Yeah, that was July 17th. Right. Ten but it was days. just six episodes ago, so. Well, I mean, don't say it like that. Well, in some ways, it was just right around the corner from here backwards through time. Yeah, I don't like that, though. It should have been twice as far. It should have seemed twice as far because we should have had twice as many episodes. But it doesn't... But, you see, this is part of the mini spaghetti It's slippery path. time! I know! Ugh. Like, it's not a straight line. Just like the twisted-up limb, right? That limb is now taking a spaghetti path. Just like our spaghetti path through time. Maybe. Maybe. I think sometimes that's the kind of shit we tell ourselves to make life seem better, though. Well, that's just, that's our operating system for you. Well, doesn't have to be, you know. I mean, you can have a Windows machine. You can have a Mac. What's that, Unix? Um, A Mac, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Unix-like, I mean. <laughs> so, so hesitant be, to name be, it that. Be, so hesitant. Be, yeah. Just name it well, that for the layperson. Well, I'm the layperson. Just for, name for sure, it that. For sure, for the layperson, yeah. Okay. Well, what's your hesitation? What the fuck? I Just don't explain know, it to me I don't know, because when you then. get to the technical shit, people want to fucking crucify you for getting it wrong, you know? This is what happens. Do you honestly think we have such a large following that you're gonna like get down into the technical technical shit with Linux and Unix? 
All, all it takes is one, man. That's adorable. Would that it were so, we had one email that somebody was like, you got the technical shit wrong. <laughs> Imagine if that happened. If it would happen, then I would simply... Ignore it. I would know it's some part that I have both died, but also have arrived at the same time. That's right. That's right. Well, tell me all about it. No. Why? I don't know. I don't know that much about it. Tell me what you know. You know more than I do. Well, a lot of this information is also out of date. I mean, I know OS X originally is based on Darwin... Which a is a person, not an operating system. Well, it's also the uh, the dolphin in SeaQuest DSV Deep Sea Vehicle. Is that a Star Trek show? No, it was kind of like a takeoff on Star Trek, though. Like a like oh, let's make a Star Trek like show, except instead of in space, it'll be underwater. I don't know what you're talking about. And instead of Star Trek, they'll call it Sea. Trek. No, wait, that's too close. We'll call it Sea Quest. You can't possibly be serious. No, I'm completely serious. You don't remember Sea Quest? DS9? Deep Space? No, wait, Sea Quest DSV. Deep was, Sea Vehicle. Wait, wait, wait. Was And it starred... Uh, Daryl Hannah. No, it starred Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Jawsman, Roy Roy Scheider. Oh, For some reason, what? I'm I'm die. I'm the the name of his fucking character in Jaws. What the fuck is wrong with me? I can't bring that up into my mind right now. But well, Brody, I didn't, I didn't have that class with you. So um, now, what was the? My brother, you might know him. His name is David. He yes. had a nice poster of a woman, Sean Weatherly, starred in this. And it was an underwater aquatic show, probably in like 1988, 1989. Uh, I think it was like a quasi documentary. Obviously, it wasn't, but like. She was, like, going around underwater in her skimpy bathing suit. Okay. What is this? Do you know this? Well, Well, you know it because you're looking it up, I guess. I looked it up and I found it. And it's not the show I was thinking of. Not the show, but there's a movie. But, yeah, apparently there was something called Ocean Quest. Is that it? First episode, air date, August 18th, 1985. An underwater filmmaker and a former Miss Universe explore global oceans. Has to be it. Now, my brother, you <coughs> might know him, his name's David, had a, had a poster for that show. Probably in like 86, 87, so okay. it was a little past its peak. But he it was, was like, probably like a local fair and you like won it. By doing a ring toss or something. You know what? And it's I like, th- here you go. Here's the generic kind of poster, but it kind of has a woman on it, so that's kind of cool. Okay. No, it was not that. It was exactly her. She had, like, her scuba gear on, but, like, 
the minimal scuba gear with just a bikini bottom, you know, tits kind of hanging out, mask, but took it away from her face. Like, it was a legit, like, this was like a pro- promotional, like, like, it right. was legit. And, but she was half naked. And then he put it up on the back of his door. So when the parents would come in, they'd open the door. Uh, right. Right. Door, nice, right. nice, nice, David. Nice. nice. Nice work. Nice work. But then, and I've never been able to figure out who did it. But one day, one day, we came home. He came home, probably, and closed his door. And there were some nice pieces of fabric glued over all of the areas on the woman's <laughs> body that would make the shape of a nice dress. A pretty revealing dress, like a lo- like closer to the knee than upper, like more than halfway down to the knee, but still pretty revealing. And then over the shoulder and down halfway to the elbow, you know, dressing it up with some fabric glued on so you couldn't possibly remove it from there. Well, that was a... uh, Well, we were both so pissed. I I wasn't pissed. I was just like, why'd they do that? I knew why, why I was pissed. But he was like 16 or 15. He was like, what the fuck? That's what I masturbate to, goddammit. <laughs> you know, it's on the back of my door. But we're never sure who did it. Didn't my mommy do it? You might know her. Gigi, you're listening, for God's sakes. Or did my daddy do it? Who knows? Nobody will admit to it after all these years. Maybe it was God or Jesus. I, th- I think... Well, you they're got the, sick of watching your brother the sin same. every night. They're the same. We splitting hairs here, God and Jesus. It is a it is a hair split. I will admit. Right, right. So anyway, I all once, your aquatic talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I once got a poster on a ring toss, and I'm going to send you now the poster that I got. Oh boy. On Skype. It was just like, oh, I want a poster. Here it is. Oh, cool. I get home. (laughs) I uh, like, you know, it's in a, you know, it's like tubed up in a little plastic seat. You know, open it up. It's very exciting. And here's the poster I got. Okay. I'm ready. It's there. Okay. I have to. to. Wait, what? Is it Todd? It's Todd. Um, that's not that bad. Seems like a cool guy. <laughs> it, it was pretty, especially to my young mind, it was pretty startling. No, he's a cool guy, though. You know, I'd I be guess. friends with him right now. Yeah, probably right now. Yeah, he'd be like, hey, you know, I'm going to play some, you know, Grateful Dead covers. He'd be like, all right, with my band, you know. He'd be like, okay, dude. What was so upsetting to you at the time? Is it his know. colored hair that upset you so? Not really. I mean, I have nothing. I don't think I had anything against colored hair. It was just like, for one, some guy that I had no idea who who he was. Okay. I mean, now I know who he is, right? 
Well, a guy comes out of the blue like that. Right. But, uh, you know, and it's just kind of like a, I don't know, kind of a weird shot, you know? It's of like a guy 70s, with long man. hair and a sweater just kind of like, you know, let's let's drink lots of brandy and see what develops. Well, why brandy? I don't know. This is not a brandy man. He's got flowers <laughs> on his shoulder, you know, and multicolored hair. This is a that's a vodka man, probably. Really? Vodka? Yeah, he's not a brandy man. Look at him, man. The thousand yard stare, the dead eyes, the multicolored hair, the sloped shoulders. He's not a brandy man. A brandy man's gonna comport himself nicely. He's gonna be like very formal. The brandy man. It's, this is a, it's a vodka man. I don't know if I can. Well, how much liquor have you drank in your life? I mean, I know, like Mike, Laura, and I just had some breakfast on Sunday. Oh, okay. And he recollected the uh, Doors cover band that we saw. <laughs> I shouldn't have said his last name, but <laughs> whatever. Nobody listens. No one's to listening shit, at right? this point. Right. Fuck it. So- <laughs> wait, we saw. Do- wait, who is we in this? You and him? No. Well, I didn't know Mike Lara was there, but he was like, yeah, we saw the Doors cover band. And I was like, holy shit, Brad and I saw the Doors cover band. Riders we on saw- the Storm. Riders on the Storm at the Crowbar. Okay. We drank a bottle of Jaeger before the show at, well, you know, one, two, three, high. You don't remember oh, this wait, at all. Wait, wait, wait. That something there just hit me because yeah, I was getting confused boing. with all the other times I drank a bottle of Jaeger before a show. Right, right. But this was. But this was at one, two, three high. That yes. was the little that that kind of. Yes. And there was a very a narrow bit. window where we would have been amenable to like seeing a Doors cover band, which we did, and it was Riders on the Storm. It was like holy fuck. The lead singer looks like, you know, fat Todd. <laughs> yes, he looks like fat Todd. And then the keyboard player looks like basically period specific Raymond Zarek. Um and everybody was just perfect, you know? It's like holy fuck. And then they were like performing these songs and we were never big Doors fans, but like we were in a little Doors like hiccup maybe like shit and like every member of the band was like inhabiting the persona of a doors band member which i didn't expect i remember i didn't expect that but apparently like despite the fact that you and i drank an entire bottle of jägermeister a 750 which was like whatever what 18 or 20 bucks at the time <sighs> during the show uh, towards the end Mike Laura and I were like we have to go to McDonald's we are so hungry so we started to like drift off into another world and we, <laughs> <laughs> we were like underneath tables and stools down there creeping around like scurrying around like college-aged cockroaches. You you and Michael were doing this. Me and Michael were doing this. 
Okay. We very hungry. Even though you didn't know Michael was at the show. No, Michael was at, at the, the show. But he you didn't know the that show. at the time. You no, just figured I didn't, this out I didn't know until Sunday. like three days ago. Well, right. right. I don't remember this happening, but like it was a whole one, two, three high street extravaganza. I only remember okay. that you and I were there because we drank the bottle of Jaeger. So like well, any I, number I of people. Even, well, I right. don't even remember it. So it's all. You're a, high, you're a hierarchy memory. of above yeah. me. You know what I mean? Like and then there were like like five to t- 12 people. But like just who knows how many people were there. It was the whole ordeal. But apparently, Michael and I were crawling around under the seats towards the end of the show looking for 25 cents like somebody dropped a quarter. There's got to be a quarter down here. You can't imagine like day after day, week after week. That was like you needed that quarter in order to have enough for a double cheeseburger. A four-piece nugget. Four-piece nugget. Specifically. And we were 25 cents short. And we were both crawling around, and you came over. <laughs> you came over, and you were like, guys, what are you doing? And Michael and I are like, we're 25 cents short of a four-piece. And you're like, ugh. And you reached into your pocket. You pulled your hand out, and you said, just here. <laughs> you gave <laughs> us a quarter. We're like, thank you so much. And we ran out of the place and went and got our four piece. So that was like two nugs each. It's it's a two nug per person situation, but we got to, (laughs) it's right across the street, you know, the McDonald's. Yeah. We got there. We had to wait in line because it's towards the end of the night. Everybody and their fucking mothers over there. And we sat in line. Got there. It's like, oh, we will have a four piece because we have a dollar and six cents or whatever plus tax, you know? It's like, what sauce do you want? Well, I want barbecue. And Mike's probably like, I want sweet and sour. Well, sweet and sour is extra. Excuse me? Sweet and sour is extra. We have a dollar and six cents. I'm like, I can't eat nuggets with sweet and sour. I mean, come on. Barbecue sauce, you know? Mike's like, I I, I can't get these nuggets if I don't have sweet and sour. And apparently we sat there in front of the counter for so long, worked ourselves up into such a frenzy <laughs> that the man just gave us the extra sauce and then we had our two nuggets. But I have no recollection of this. Michael just came here on Sunday. It's like yeah. a new story of my past. Our memories are faulty, Brad. Oh, for sure. They're well, I'm so imagining faulty. In this story, Michael, as well as yourself, you had a you had a a packet of sauce, but only two nugs. Right. So when you're done, you eat your two nugs. You can just kind of like you can suck hold the sauce. that sauce packet up to your lips and kind of stick your tongue out and just kind of like. Yeah, you can suck the sauce. Shovel it out onto your tongue. Fuck yeah, you can. I do that. all you even had was now. two nugs. You know you need more, right? Well, you need more sugary sustenance. Yeah. I mean, I do that now. You know, despite like monetary concerns, be damned. I just I lick things. If it's delicious, I lick it. 
All right. That that's sounded kinda, bad. That's, that, that well, that's kind of my, my rules for life. Well, yeah, no, it's not good, though. I mean food, you know, if it's food. Not random shit. I don't mean that to sound weird. It's like, oh, if it's delicious. Like, what I'm saying is I wear jeans and a T-shirt to work. Um, If the meal is delicious, I'll hold the plate up. I'll lick it off there. I don't care. Like, give me the niceness. You know, it's like the whole, like, cliche of, oh, belch after a Korean meal or whatever, you know? Fuck that. Belch after a Korean meal. Whatever. It's like, in some cultures. That's a cliche? Like, I think so. Oh, they're supposed to belch after to yeah, show how well, much they have enjoyed delicious, it? Like, oh, I had to eat so much. It's like, ugh, I belched. Well, couldn't stop eating. You know? It's a sign of. I mean, I was like 12 when I heard that, so that's probably a horrible thing. Um, you don't know this? You never heard this? No, I haven't heard that one. All right. Belch after eating. It just comes up. Gas burping. Well, I don't Well, yeah, but that. fine. I mean, belch after eating. Yeah, that's a thing. But Korean custom. Seven strange table manners around the world. Burping, eating. We all like to think we have whatever. I don't care. I don't need to read this here, do yeah, I? Yeah, fuck different it. Different countries have different rules and customs and, like, whatever. Can't we just agree on that, for fuck's sake? I'll, I, I'll agree to that. <laughs> okay. Here, I'll put a link in the show notes. All right, we're going to talk about... Um, regarding, 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 regarding Henry... I think we already have. We're we're good with that then? We've talked all we need to talk. I think so. All right. What else you got then? Uh nothing. <laughs> I think we we've we wrapped it all up. Um, what about um I might find something. Um What about the red earth of Terra? Have you noticed uh, different earths? different dirts i'm not much of an earth connoisseur you don't shovel dirts again i'm grieving i had to dig a grave for my cat right so so you notice some of the so you notice some of the the earth and it's and it's uh, characteristics yeah i mean i've been noticing them since since 2007 but since we stopped doing our garden like I'm not I don't have daily experience with the red earth of Virginia. Um so I only like dig through the earth and the dirt like once or twice a year instead of every day, 365 times a year. Okay. But what's weird is I live in like northern Virginia and I used to live in I mean, I guess northeastern Pennsylvania, which on a global scale isn't that far apart, right? But the, yeah, no, right, yes. On a global scale. On a global scale, yeah, just our, right our next door to each other. The same earth, basically. You yes. can't, like, yeah. our little ant-sized realities have no bearing here. Um, so it's not that far down. But the difference in the quality of the earth is so vast. 
because I have spent my life like shoveling earth and digging earth and tilling earth. And the difference between like Eastern Pennsylvania earth and Northern Virginia earth is profound because Northern Virginia earth hasn't been fucked with in a long time. Okay. And Eastern, especially Northeastern Pennsylvania earth has been fucked with very recently because it's all fucking rocks. And sometimes those rocks are the size of a beautiful man. And I've done as much digging in Northern Virginia as I have in Northeastern Pennsylvania. And I've never experienced a rock bigger than like my thumb. And I've never experienced a hard piece of anything bigger than my fist. And those hard pieces of anything are crystals. They're quartz. I just found one last night, and I shoved it into Cat Food's grave. And I was like, here you go. Here's your tombstone. Because it's the only, like, hard thing I discovered when I dug out. And it, you'd be surprised how much dirt you have to dig out for a, like, seven-pound cat. Yeah, no, I can. It's a huge hole. Which is why yes. Wilson's going to have to get just burned, just like I'd prefer right. to pretend like he never existed. But cat food, he's tiny, but like, holy fuck, I have to dig out a gigantic hole. It's like, like, what's your biggest piece of luggage? Pretend that you like, zzz, like force field that into the ground, remove all of that dirt, and then go six inches down more than that. And then you can put the little box with the cat in it and then put the dirt on top. So it takes a long time. That but, uh, is... What? Oh, that's a lot of dirt. It's a lot of dirt, man. No it's even more than I was thinking, really, when I thought it was a lot of dirt. It's always more. And yeah, the temptation is to, like, you don't, like, go s- straight down on the sides. You kind of, like, curve in. But then the box mm-hmm. doesn't fit right. You know, you got to go straight down. You got to square off those corners. Got to square the corners. Got to square the corners. But anyway, the difference in dirt between what on a global scale seems like a blip is kind of amazing. Because in the Poconos, you know, me and my brother, you might know him, his name is David. Our biggest punishment in the springtime was going to, like, clear the rocks out of the garden, which we just tilled, you know, you till up all the earth. It's beautiful black earth, except, like, there's briefcase-sized rocks, and there's, like, laptop-sized rocks, and there's beer can-sized rocks, and, like, all across the spectrum, and some of the rocks are the size of a fucking Volkswagen, you know? And you don't know. You never know. Like, you could dig at this rock, like, pam, 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 try to dig this rock out, but it might be, like, eight feet down and six feet wide, you know, the size of a car. (laughs) You never know. That was our job, basically. The nice thing about burying a cat in northern Virginia is it's all clay. It's very sticky. It's very dense. But, like, the worst you got to worry about is, like, 
double thumb sized crystals. Yeah, that's not a hell of a lot. It's not a hell of a lot, and you. But it you is know that, interesting. Like, note that it's it's crystals. It's crystals. It's quartz. Because you don't find that really when you're tilling shit up. Not in the Poconos or in not Pennsylvania. In the Poconos, yeah. Although in central Pennsylvania, south central Pennsylvania, you you do. I did a whole documentary about that crystal hunting. It's called. I don't know okay. if you remember this. Uh, it's the Amish people. It's actually neighbors to the Amish who weren't Amish and were kind of like glancing askance at the Amish, but their whole culture was based around crystal hunting. It's kind of like the thing that they did. Um, her name was shit, man. I forget her name, but yeah, I edited a whole documentary about this crystal hunting business. They would love it down here. Fist sized crystals. Just there for the taking. There for the t- I found one when I buried our cat, and then I plugged it in the top of his grave. Have you ever gone to uh, Boulder Field? Where's that? That's in uh, like that's in Lake Harmony, kind of in the Poconos. Um, no. It's a uh, yeah. It's like I guess like a state park or something, but I guess it's like where a glacier just kind of stopped there and melted or something. It's a gigantic expanse of land that's nothing but boulders. That is called a terminal moraine. That's a terminal moraine. That's Long Island is a terminal moraine, right? That's correct. As as made famous by the uh, what do you call that? A terminal like that. moraine. That uh, no, so the the sim- the movie Simple Men. Look how square it is, and Hal Hartley made that like that, but that kind of weird, talking movie. Oh, uh, I guess there's a name for that kind of movie, um, right? Like Linklater like it was does made it today. Right? It would be like uh, it would just be like, oh, this is like hipster or something. I feel right. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't. But anyway, as we know from that talky film, as they repeat it multiple times, Long Island is a terminal moraine. Right. And basically the Mason-Dixon line is kind of a lateral moraine. So the terminal moraine is where, like, the glacier stopped. That's what made the island of Manhattan, which is okay. which is so fucked up. It's like, that's where the glacier ended. That's as far as it got, right? <laughs> but they can make these, like, quarter of a mile tall buildings because it's solid bedrock. But <laughs> why is it solid bedrock? The rocks came down from, like, northern Canada and just over the course of like tens of thousands of years, if not hundreds of thousands of years, they were like crushed and like compacted into like bedrock. You know, that's the only reason that island is so perfect for development, building skyscrapers on. Is that so? So you couldn't just build skyscrapers wherever you wanted? I feel like you're trolling me. I don't fucking know. Are you kidding? Well, think of... 
I mean, I guess if there's like some what like grounds too soft. Well, for instance, San Francisco's most awful catastrophe happened, uh, and the worst part of their most awful catastrophe was because of liquefaction. Because the ground wasn't, like, rocky enough and solid enough. So, like, when an earthquake happens, it kind of shakes. It's, like, kind of holding, like, an etch-a-sketch, you know? It's like, oh, I made a beautiful drawing. And then you kind of, like, you don't have to shake it real hard, but, like, you shake it back and forth real quick. What happens? The the beautiful drawing you did kind of, like, right. And everything just sort of falls into the ground. Um, that's why this development in like UAE and, you know, the Burj Khalifa, all that shit is like a little like hmm, a little dicey. Right. Because liquefaction could come okay. into play there. Manhattan doesn't have that problem. It's fucking rock. It's bedrock. You know, you go down far enough, I don't know what it is, 100 feet, 200 feet, 300 feet maybe, like, go down, it's like, boom, there's bedrock. But that only happened because at the end of the last ice age, like, the glaciers had pushed all of the rock and compacted it so much to create, like, this solid rock island. But what is the solid rock island on top of? The mantle of the earth? The mantle of the earth. Okay. Listen, nothing's a sure thing, Shelley. I'm just saying some things are more sure than other things. Right. And if you build, like, almost one mile tall buildings in the desert, that's not that great, (laughs) you know. It's mostly sand, man. You don't have compacted rock over hundreds of thousands of years. Like those rocks came from the North Pole. They shoved them down and compacted them into an intensely hard foundational layer. Foundational. Well, right. That's why the Hudson River is there. It's like, that's where we stopped. And it's like, we built it all up here. And then we receded. And then the Hudson River is there. And then we like went back. And we left all this detritus in the Poconos for David and Adam to shovel up every spring. Because every winter, it would like freeze up and the rocks would come up. It's like, didn't we clear all these rocks out and throw them at each other last spring yes we did but let's do it again i got shocked i got shocked when i tried to plug my microphone in tonight by the way like a little no that's not cool no so we'll see if any of this is recorded yeah yeah maybe best if it's not i'm grieving what phase of grief am i in brad well I don't know that I can answer that. Well, just give me your best guess. For you, Brad? I think... A guess? I'm going to say you're you're close to the beginning. Shock and denial? 
Not the upward well, turn? Well. They're not chronological. I'm going to. Yeah, maybe you're in the reflection in loneliness. Reflection. Where's the. I don't see this one. Stage four? Oh, what am I supposed to be looking at? I don't see reflection and loneliness in this one. What what is your stage four called? It doesn't number them, but shock and denial, pain and guilt, anger and bargaining. So in this case, depression, reflection. Oh, okay. It starts with depression, though. Not depressed. Well, I think you might be without realizing it. How's that? How can you not realize you're depressed? I don't know. I definitely think you cannot realize it. Like... You might be having a period of where, you know, you don't know what's happening. You're not engaged in the in the right way. Maybe you are, like it says here, reflection and loneliness. Like there's an extra t- extra period of, uh, you know, there's there's an extra amount of uh, introspection and trying to understand yourself. You know, and you might not even realize, and it might not be till like, you know, after a couple of days, you realize, wait a minute, I've just been sitting on this couch with no shirt on, eating cold hot dogs for three days. That sounds awesome. No, I wish I could do that. No, I know what you, I know what you're saying. Um, I think there's a macho thing where, like, I don't want to admit that I'm upset about a cat dying, you know? Right. Uh, but... He was a big part of our life. No, I I understand it. When I lose uh, eventually my cat, specifically my my orange cat. No way, Marlo. That cat's still alive. Oh yeah, boy. Life but she she has a I don't know her she, anger keeps her alive. <laughs> I think it does, but for whatever reason, her anger like. I don't know. Like, I have a special bond with that animal that transcends a lot. I don't know. Of, like, all the animals to lose, that one is going to hit me really hard for some reason. Really? And I think maybe because it's the the first animal. Well, it's a first. That's the. You just said a mouthful. It's the first. The first animal. Not just the first animal, but the first animal I had. As a as a that where the animal was like a a baby like a kid. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's what Roberto so, was to me. Yeah, I think there's something there, and plus the fact that like yes, like you mentioned, her anger keeps her alive. But she and I, we're cool. We have a cool. We have an understanding, right? Yeah. Just and like that, people. So that that makes it uh, extra. You know, that adds an extra dynamic to our relationship as well. Yeah, Jules, I don't know, that's my daughter, you might know her name's Jules. She had an extra hard time last night because that was her cat. She named the cat. Right. Cat, like, I had a pretty good relate. I thought, like, I was the best one with the cat, but no, it was Jules. Sleep with Jules and come and whatever. So Jules was not having a good time. Last night, but yeah, uh, today it's second day. It's I think it's okay. She hung out with her friend and had some distractions. It's just fucked up. It's like it's a cat, you know. It's an animal, you know. We we had to, we chose to have this animal live in our house. 
Jules didn't. Like, that's kind of unfair to like, hey, here's some sadness. Not to be too Louis C.K. about it, but like, here's some sadness you're going to have. Like, you're, you're too young to understand that like, this cat isn't a member of our family. It's going to die like way soon. Because um, she was like four when, when we got the cat. It's, like, it's one thing when you're an adult and you bring these animals into your house knowing that like, we're going to cry a lot. But to spring it on a kid. Right. That's kind of fucked up. I don't know. Well, when, you know, you're like five, being 15 is so impossibly far away anyway. I know. I know. Well, when Roberto died, like Jules was pretty close to him too, but I was like (laughs) completely inconsolable. Like bawling my eyes out, just ugh, because he was my guy, you know. It's like me and mm-hmm. Roberto, and he was only fuck, man. He was ten or eleven. Cat food was ten, eleven. Like cats should live a little longer than that, you know. Fifteen. Our cats growing up, they live to eighteen, you know. Yeah. These cats are dying at ten or eleven, and it was just so shocking. And I just couldn't contain myself. It's just a wreck. But Jules was like seven at the time. She didn't really get it. But she got it now with her cat dying. Death, Brad, it stalks us. That's how, yeah. The whole human comedy keeps perpetuating itself. What are you clicking around on there? Grief.com? Just, yeah. Well, I was closing some tabs. How many tabs I had, did like, you have open? <laughs> I had, like, I had the, the Sea Quest tab. <laughs> I had the Ocean Quest tab. I had the Todd tab. Galaxy Quest. Star Quest. Boulder Namibia, Quest. Namibia Quest. Ocean Quest. Sean Mountain Quest. Quest. Well, King Johnny Quest. Quest. Wait, Mountain Quest? Is that the video game I used to play? I don't think so. I just kind of made that up. What was there that was quest? Alpine. There was no, King's no, Quest no. and Space no. Quest. Probably other quests, too. No, you know what I'm talking about. What is that? I don't. Mountain King. Mountain King. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, with the little um, shitty areas you could explore. You solved all oh. these mysteries for me, and that's right. That's not Mountain that was, Quest, Mountain King. Yeah. That was like on Atari? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. That was something, yeah, I'm looking at it now. I remember, uh, yeah, oh, like shit. in college I learned about this. Oh, I just found the Sean Weatherly poster. I'm going to send it to you. He had this. I doubt it's going to be anywhere near as cool as Todd. Who's Todd? What Todd? Which my Todd Todd poster. What makes a Todd a Todd? Am I a Todd? Yes. Technically, Todd, I am. I mean, this was the height of sexuality. Yeah, that's pretty. 
That's pretty hardcore. I can see why someone put like a felt dress on t- on top Just of this. Just everywhere. It's like, what the fuck did you do to my awesome poster? <laughs> I jerked off to that. God damn it. Well, you know what the sexiest thing is, is the imagination. So, well, yeah, you know, there's probably did Dave a favor. I still jerk off manually. 